Good Saturday morning and welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here alongside Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you? Doing great, Jason. Hope you are. Good Saturday morning to you. Yes, sir. I'm doing fine. Enjoying uh, the a little bit warmer temperatures outside. It feels good. <laughs> yeah. Spring is definitely here now. It is. But I think we'll I think it'll be here for good. I hope so. No more surprises. I'm glad that uh, Mother Nature has finally made it for mine for a while. I think we're good now. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Bill, uh, you've got an interesting topic set along here that, uh, quite frankly, still confuses me, and I'm glad we're going over it. So uh, I'll let you take it from here. Well, uh, where shall I start? I guess we can start with uh, uh, something that, uh, I mean, we say all the time that you don't know what you don't know, and that is uh, a huge problem for all of us when we're we're trying to navigate uh, whatever issue it is that we're uh, trying to get through. Uh, and there's it, it, particularly in the area of elder care, uh, uh, it's it's worse than uh, the what you know you don't know what you don't know. And there's an, uh, there's an old quote that was attributed to Mark Twain, and I understand that he really didn't ever say this, but it, it sounds like a Mark Twainian quote, <laughs> <laughs> which is, it's not what you don't know that'll get you in trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> that tends to do it. Uh, and there is a lot of truth to that because in the area of elder care, um, you uh, think you know the answers just because it's part of life and you're, we're living and uh, you're supposed to know it and those kinds of things. But the truth is uh, it's confusing and most of us really and truly don't know how to get from point A to point B. So I thought I would talk about some of the things this morning to help us get from point A to point B. <laughs> so uh, now uh, we are at, at this, uh, have to preface saying, okay, uh, you have a loved one, a spouse uh, or uh, a parent who uh, appears to need some help. You know, they're, they're losing it, if you will. And so you're supposed to know what to do. Right? <laughs> okay. Uh, and the fact is that mo- most of us don't really and truly have a clue. We don't know when it's appropriate to uh, start asking questions. We don't know how to ask those questions. We don't uh, know uh, necessarily what is the point of intervention or is there a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there obviously has to be a point, uh, depending on circumstances. But um, it's not a bright line. You, you don't know when you're stepping over it, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and obviously it can differ uh, from family to family and circumstance to circumstance. So it's not an easy place to navigate. Um, and, and one of the things that comes up with me over and over and over and over again is families don't understand the different care levels out there in the community you know i mean clearly you start with everybody wants to stay at home yeah i get that Mm -hmm. okay but then the question becomes what else is out there if home care 
isn't working? Uh, what other levels of care are in the community? And of course, uh, everyone knows, yes, we do not want to go to a nursing home. Got it. Uh, and I wouldn't wish it uh, on my worst enemy uh, because it's not a pleasant place, even in the best of circumstances. But sometimes it's the only option for families. Now, I want the, the problem for most folks is that they don't know the difference between what is a nursing home facility versus an assisted living facility versus what uh, is a, a unit inside one of these facilities that might be called a special care unit, a memory care unit, an Alzheimer's unit. They're called by a lot of different names. Or independent living or independent living with care would be another. Or group homes, they're all different. Mm -hmm. So where do you start and what? And here's where the issue lies. The fact of the matter is that most people cannot afford these places without financial assistance. And the great majority of us do not have long-term care insurance. Now, I'm going to come back to that later because uh, I, I want to talk about that for a minute. But this is not about long-term care insurance. This is about choices and what, you know, uh, what the difference are in places uh, that you could end up residing. Um, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that the rules to receive financial assistance, that is government assistance, because you don't have long-term care insurance, are different depending on what level of care you actually need. Now, to make it more complicated, you cannot determine what level of care you need. Now, uh, not to the degree of going into a facility. You need what's called an FL2, which is simply a form that a doctor has to sign, has to fill out, uh, because the doctor is the one who determines, the physician determines, whether you need nursing care or assisted living care or you should go home uh, mm -hmm. and have some care at home. Now, obviously, if you can afford it and you have the family situation to it, you can provide nursing care at home. But in order to go into a nursing facility, a nursing home facility, uh, you have to have an FL2 where a doctor says you're required to have that level of care. Otherwise, you can't go. You have to have that admission ticket. And the rules are different for government assistance at each level of care. So if you don't know the difference between the level of cares, you're, you're really at a loss at the very beginning. And that's where most people start from. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, the, the, uh, so you know that there's a, um, a facility in your community. And so uh, if it says rehab in the name. You see, you have to understand that most of these facilities don't say uh, in their name that there are, they are a nursing home. Right. Um, they'll say something like health and rehab uh, care or something like that. Now, if it says rehab, it is likely to be a nursing home facility, which is the highest level. And of course, if you go to the hospital, 
uh, let's say you break your leg or your hip or whatever and, and you've had surgery and you need rehab, uh, well, you go to a nursing home, a skilled nursing home for rehab from the hospital. Um, and though most of those rehab facilities also have what's called long-term care beds. You know, when you finish rehab, if you can't go home and you still need a good bit of medical care, you have to stay in the nursing facility, which is a nursing home. That's the highest level of care. And then if you drop down, the next level of care typically is called assisted living. Uh, Now, in assisted living, you typically have activities of daily living where you need assistance, but you don't need medical care. If you need medical care on top of activities of daily now what are activities of daily living well if you need help dressing or if you need help bathing or if you need help toileting or uh, mobility getting up and getting around or cooking or eating those are activities of daily living Um, so if you have issues like that that's an assisted living level but if you have medical issues on top of that where you need a nurse to help you with certain medical things each day or regularly, then an assisted living facility cannot provide that. A nursing home provides the medical care. Um, and then you have something that's in between. You, you have that memory care or special care or Alzheimer's care units. Those are double lockdown units. And most people assume that's a nursing care level. That's a bad assumption to make. Uh, in fact, 95% of them are in assisted living. They are not nursing care units. Now, what confuses people that there are a few nursing homes that actually do have memory care units in the nursing home facility, but there are very few nursing homes that actually have those special care units in the nursing home. It's almost always in the assisted living level. So... Uh, I know that we probably need to take a break, and then I need to come back and also go into a little more detail about a couple other levels that can confuse people, too. We'll dive into that, and Bill will (laughs) explain it to us so that we understand, and we'll also tell you about uh, a free way that you can get some information from Bill coming up this week. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you that you can find more information about Bill at WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. And we're talking all about long term care crises. And Bill, we're sort of uh, diving into this world where uh, there's different <laughs> levels of care with uh, nursing homes and assisted living and special care units. And uh, I'm I'm still taking notes here on everything that you're saying, so okay. uh, let's let's dive back into it. All right. Well, okay. What's the easy way to at least know uh, what the um, facility down the street from you uh, is? Because you might not know. Well, if you go to visit uh, thinking, well, my loved one might need to come here, the first thing you should do when you talk to the admissions person or the administrator is Ask them, what level of care is this? Is this a nursing home or is this assisted living? Because that is something that you have to know 
in order to get the care you need. Uh, and I'm talking about the financial care you need because uh, that's a big part of it. These places are expensive, and it doesn't matter what level of care it is. They're very, very expensive. So you got to ask. Now, to make it a little more confusing, um, some of the nursing homes also provide a few assisted living uh, rooms in, in, <laughs> in the facility, um, so you might have a dual licensed facility, but the easy thing is tell me what licenses you have because the license for nursing care is different from the license for assisted living. So a nursing home has to have a registered nurse on duty 24-7 uh, and a doctor available uh, frequently. Uh, an assisted le- uh, living facility does, does not require a nurse 24/7 because they don't provide nurse I mean they don't provide the medical care so they don't have to have that um, uh, and of course you might be in that um, that very difficult situation where you need special care Alzheimer's care me- memory care those kind of things so you just have to ask what the license is and then, Assuming that you're going to need financial assistance now or in the future, because almost all families go get need financial assistance, uh, and of course I'm an advocate for getting that assistance early rather than late. Um, but uh, the the bottom line uh, is that you have to ask the facility if they uh, accept Medicaid. Or if you're at assisted living, you can say Medicaid, but you're really asking them if they accept a program called special assistance. I mean, I know people are getting confused already because it's a confusing topic, but uh, everybody calls it Medicaid. But at the assisted living level, the the true name of the program is special assistance. And it's a very different program than Medicaid. A lot of people think Medicaid's one big happy program and it's not it's a bunch of different programs and the rules are very very different depending on which program it is that you're uh, trying to access um, so the bottom line is you got to ask uh, if particularly if in your nursing home do you accept medicaid here how difficult is it to get a medicaid bed can i have one uh, for my loved one, uh, if you're in assisted living, the same question: Do you accept special assistance? If you say Medicaid, they'll they'll be. I mean, because almost everybody at that level, unfortunately, calls it Medicaid, even though it's not. But you got to ask: Do they accept it? And here's the other thing: particularly in this area, in the Raleigh-Durham area, uh, very few of the assisted living facilities actually accept the Medicaid special assistance. Um, and uh, there are a number who that do, and of course uh, that's a wonderful thing because a lot of folks need the assistance. But, you know, there are a lot of folks in this area who have plenty of money, and uh, so there are a lot of places that are just private pay uh, places, and they, they're not there to help folks that need some financial assistance. So you have to understand that that's just part of it. And then we're also fortunate enough to have a few places uh, in this area uh, that are very, very modestly priced. Um, 
that some people can afford without financial assistance. But you have to know where to go, and these are places that don't advertise. Um, and they may not take special assistance, but they're very modestly priced and, and um, what I would consider a very good financial deal. And the care there, of course, is good, too. So uh, those are the kind of things that can help. Now, there's another level of care that people get confused with. There are communities uh, that typically advertise as independent living communities. Now, these are not facilities that are necessarily for folks who are sick, okay, or that have uh, long-term care issues. Uh, these are folks that uh, can just be, be elderly but uh, and need a, a safe place to live that where their meals are provided, and, and they're still enjoying life, and they're still very independent, and they can drive if they're still driving or not. And they have social programs for them and lots of activities and, um, and a community of socialization, which is really nice. But you have your own private room, your apartment uh, in places like that. And, and then there is a sub-level. Most, many of the independent living places are independent with care. And while most of the residents are totally independent, People, you know, it's sort of like this. As we get older, our bodies stop working exactly the same way as they used to. And, you know, we become a little more frail or we might have a little dementia kicking in. Uh, But that doesn't mean we can't still be independent. But these independent living facilities with care allow us to age in place and provide a little extra care Uh, to meet our needs without moving to assisted living and without going to nursing care. Um, It it actually has been a perfect situation for my brother who is in a facility that's independent with care uh, because he does have some issues, but he's been able to thrive, and it's been wonderful for him. Um, uh, And... You know, if you're there when you're independent and as you age, you get worse, that those places can work very well. But uh, again, uh, now, at at a place like that, the only benefit that's available for a lot of folks is the veterans benefit for what's called veterans pension with aid and attendance or veterans pension that's homebound. And that works for a, a lot of folks. But... Uh, one, uh, either one of the spouses in that situation must have served in the military during a period of war to be eligible for that particular program. Um, because you're not going to, there are very, very few people who can get Medicaid for a home based situation or at home Medicaid. Um, that program is for folks. That are truly poor with very few assets and very low income as a household. Uh, and, of course, what we do at W.G. Alexander and Associate uh, tr- truly is to help middle-class families. Um, and, uh, and truthfully, we, we uh, save them from financial ruin uh, when they have a long-term care uh, issue uh, due to long-term care costs. I mean, the cost can be totally outrageous, and so that's what we do. Or one of the things that we do very well at W.G. Alexander is to help folks uh, find ways to get financial assistance and protect property at the same time. 
So that um, uh, try to, that uh, is a pretty good uh, summary of all of those different levels. But the key for the family is to know what level is appropriate or what level the doctor will actually say that, that you need. But truthfully, the doctors need help with these assessments as well because they're not experts either. I hate to, I hate to tell <laughs> folks, but truthfully, they're not. And uh, uh, when we come back, I have a solution that will help a lot of families. Uh, and it's a strong recommendation on my part. Excellent. Stick around for that. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. And we're talking all about long-term care and the uh, different levels of care between nursing homes, assisted living. We went over independent living and special care units. And Bill, we were talking about uh, dealing with uh, the doctors who uh, decide which level of care you or a loved one will receive. And uh, you have some uh, special advice for us. Well, here's the thing, Jason, and I'll throw this on you, and you can help me here. Um, now, I, I probably shouldn't ask you this. How old are you now? Okay, I'm, I'm 32. Okay, but you're married. You have a family. I do. And you have parents that are still living. That's and, correct. And your wife does too, I'm sure. So here's, here's the thing. Have you ever cared for a senior? Now, your parents are, are probably my age, so they're not technically a senior, although I've been in, <laughs> I've been AARP for 16, going on 17 years now, so I guess I'm a senior too. <laughs> but the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the point is, you've never cared for anybody with a long-term care issue. I've never been a caregiver. What yet. experience have you had taking care of a, a senior uh, that might have some long-term care issues? Pretty much zero. Well, that's the point. And, you know, that's true for most people right. when their parents start going downhill or when their spouse starts going downhill. They've never dealt with it before. And so... Do you know what to do? Do you know the steps? Do you know where to go? Do you know where to get the help? No, nah, I just call you, Bill. That's, well, that's my plan. <laughs> well, the, the point is, is that part of it is legal, you know, in, mm-hmm. in terms of the financial side and the asset protection side. Part of it is clinical in terms of what's going on. What do we need to do to uh, help? And how does that work? Well, Right. For, for most people, the only clinician that you know to go to is your family doctor, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, that uh, is a good place to go. You, you need that the doctor's help and support and those kind of things. But the fact of the matter is, is that long-term care is not what the doctors study in terms of remedying, Right. Uh, they're they're just the only clinicians that you know to go to. Well, and obviously, I I mean, while I've dealt with it for many many years, so I know the terms and I know at least the direction to go in. I'm not a doctor, nor am I a, a, a senior clinician when it comes to medical issues. I've learned a lot by experience with my brother, with my mother, with my dad. Uh, so I've seen a lot, but I'm still not a clinician. Okay, so who is? Who can help you with 
okay, what am I supposed to do? Well, one of the best places for families to go, and it's a, it's actually very modestly priced and worth every penny. Uh, it's just like I would tell you on the legal side, you need to come to a very experienced, uh, a good elder law attorney or law firm like us, you right. know, like <laughs> W.G. Alexander and Associate, of course, I got to put the plug in. But on the clinical side, the place to go is an independent care manager, okay, uh, formerly known as geriatric care managers. Now, geriatric means old people, okay? Got to so use old a people, more PR term, yeah. yeah. Old people like me and older um, care managers, okay, right? So in de- now, independent basically means they're not working for a home care agency. They are independent. Now, home care agencies do have social workers and clinicians that come to your house and then recommend how much home care you need. And sometimes they'll make recommendations, and they're professionals, and they're nice people, and they do a good job. But are they objective? Okay. Are they going to recommend more hours than what you might need? Well, maybe, maybe not. But question about the objectivity when they're being paid by the home care agency that makes their money based on, uh, you know, how many hours of home care you you need. So, but, uh, and that's their purpose uh, when you look at it that way. Now, that's really not what I'm talking about because an independent care manager can follow you from, for a, many, many, many different issues that a, a person who is working for a home care agency cannot do. So what are some of the issues that families face where an independent care manager can really help them significantly? And, okay, you might thinking, well, how expensive is it? Okay. Well, it's not that bad. It's typically about a hundred to a hundred and ten dollars an hour for their professional help. So, not terribly expensive for for what the need. So, where do people need assistance? Well, um, there are a bunch of different places. But for instance, if you're taking your loved one to the doctor for an assessment regarding long-term care. What a perfect time to have a care manager come to your home, assess your loved one, see what the situation is at home, really study the medicals, know the and then and then be your advocate with the doctor in helping the doctor fill out the forms in the best interest of the families. You know, truthfully, the doctors don't even know how to fill out the forms. They fill them out incorrectly more times than you know. An independent care managers can help the doctors fill the form out the way that you need. But what are some of the other things where an independent, you would think, uh, now I've become an advocate for these folks myself because there's so many places where families are lost. Well, Let's say something happens and you have to go to the hospital. Well, the first issue you have is the hospitals sometimes put you on observation status rather than admitting you to the hospital. It's one of the most important issues that a family has to know. Well, guess what? An independent care manager can help the hospital assessment team to help get your loved one 
to be admitted to the hospital because a lot of folks don't realize if you're not admitted for at least three nights, Medicare is not going to pay for your rehab. Well, if Medicare doesn't pay and they say, oh, yeah, by the way, you've been on observation for a couple of days, but we think you need some rehab, that rehab can cost you $15,000 a month out of pocket with no assistance from your insurance, your health insurance or Medicare. Well, you got to have that admission. So uh, the first uh, place to pick a fight is observation status versus admission. So you need to be admitted. And having a clinician on your side to help argue why you should be admitted is important. This is where a care manager can help. Well, it's also helpful to have a care manager who can go to the weekly care meetings for you uh, and advocate for the care that your loved one needs in rehab. You know, are these folks used to having these clinicians in the in their care meetings? No, they they're the they're in charge. They don't. Ha- I mean, to have your own advocate who's a clinician on their terms and their turf is extremely helpful in making sure that your loved one gets all of the rehab that they should have because. These care units and these care meetings, um, they're trying to get your loved one out of rehab just as quickly as they can. But if you have an advocate, a clinician advocate, guess what? The likelihood of getting an extra two or three weeks is 10 times higher when you have an advocate that's a clinician that can talk on their terms and uh, be there for the family. Now, that doesn't mean that a family member shouldn't be in these care meetings too, but having that clinician is really important. So another one. Um, That can actually assist a lot from helping to prevent from an early discharge from rehab, you know, because, you know, you'd be surprised. And it was even true for my, my brother. Of course, I knew what to do, but I had to argue in order to get my brother an extra week in rehab. And his improvement over that of that next week was huge in terms of his strength building up and the like. Well, rehab is really important, and the more you can get for most people is a whole lot better. Um, so preventing early discharge from rehab is important. And then your clinician can help you with the discharge planning because oftentimes the family doesn't know, okay, you know, the clinicians will make a recommendation on where you got to go. Uh, but have, again, having your own clinician advocate can help the family in helping to massage the discharge and where the appropriate placement is when you get out of rehab. And then hoping that you can go home the an independent care manager can also um, help you in terms of okay we're going home these are the modifications that you really need to make to your home to make it safe and and presentable make it less risky uh, for uh, the loved one uh, and how much help you need from uh, home care or if you need help at all but an independent care manager can actually save you a ton of money by giving you the right advice in terms of uh, how much care your loved one really needs so that you give your, your loved one the best care possible, but not more than you need. <laughs> yep. Now, 
how do you find these folks? Well, there is um, uh, they have an association and a website, uh, and it's the Aging Life Care Association. The Aging Life Care Association. So from my perspective, these are independent life care managers who are part of this association. And the only other thing, other than finding a person who's part of it, is to make sure they are credentialed, um, as opposed to just somebody off the street saying, yeah, I do this kind of stuff and I can help you. But having somebody with certifications and credentials who are true clinicians that's really important in terms of, of helping the family. So, yes, I've, I'm, I've, you would think I'm a trial lawyer advocate for these <laughs> folks. Uh, not so. It's just this is born out of experience of my own where I've seen families, and more families than not could use this assistance, and it's very reasonably priced. And it's, it's like a lot of what we do. By spending a little money, you save a ton of money. And that's where these folks come in. So I highly recommend these folks uh, for families that are going through this crisis, recognizing that you don't know what you don't know, and these folks can really come to your aid. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some great advice. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here along with Bill Alexander. And Bill, I want to remind everyone that you've got a free seminar this Wednesday, May 9th, that everyone can attend. We do encourage you to register in advance. But these are all about long-term care and VA benefits. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about just how confusing this world is when it comes to a long-term care crisis, and I can't think of a better resource available to folks than this. Well, Jason, I appreciate you bringing it up because these seminars are, are really helpful to folks. That, I mean, we don't feed anybody. Uh, we we do. There is water available, <laughs> but the bottom line is, you don't come to this to this type of seminar t- uh, to be fed. You basically come because you want to absorb a lot of accurate information. The real problem in this area is there's so much bad information on the street. And the one thing about coming to this seminar is you'll get accurate information about Medicaid in North Carolina, VA benefits, special assistance, Medicare, uh, as well as uh, trusts and other issues, so the kind of documents that people need. All of that's covered in the seminar. It, now, it takes a good hour and a half, and truthfully, I rarely have one that, that is less than two hours because we have so many questions. But it, it is confusing, but the only way to really know, and this is really important information for folks to understand Come get accurate information, and this is one place that you can get that accurate information. Yeah, so. that's great. And you've got three seminars on Wednesday again. That's May 9th, uh, 10, 2, and 6.30. Are those the times? Is that right? Yes, sir. Very good. And this is at uh, Independence Village of Raleigh, and you can register online at WGALaw.com. Again, this is free, free registration, WGALaw.com, or you can uh, give uh, the office a call at 919 Two five six seven thousand. That's nine one nine two five six 
7000 And Bill, uh, it, earlier in the show, you, you mentioned something about long-term care insurance, and you said we were going to get back to that. So uh, before <laughs> so you're we run calling, out of time today. You're calling my bluff. That's okay, right. Okay, I got it. Well, um, you know, the reason it was on my mind is because I opened my mail from yesterday, this morning, um, and guess what? Uh, my long-term care insurance premium is increasing. It's going up. Now, when I bought my long-term care insurance, uh, and I got it at the right time because they, they don't sell these policies anymore, I bought a, what was a 10-year payment plan. So, in other words, 10 payments, which they, t- they told me would be 10 equal payments, um, then I, w- I would be totally insured f- uh, for myself and my wife for the rest of our life. We have a policy that does not expire. In other words, it's not a three-year plan or a five-year plan or a six-year plan. It's a lifetime plan for us, so it, it never runs out. And they don't sell those policies anymore either. But I got this premium increase uh, this uh, this morning, and it was like uh, so an extra six hundred and forty dollars a year for each of us. So you know, almost thirteen hundred dollars more. So ask me if I'm pleased. <laughs> no, I feel like I've been betrayed. But at the same time, I've got three more payments to make. So I'm going to make my payments and have my insurance in place for the rest of my life and be very content with that. But I'm still not pleased with the insurance. I can tell, Bill. Doing that. I can tell. But now, why are they increasing my premium? Well, the fact of the matter is that the primary reason is because people are living longer, and they are, uh, we are, I should say, and uh, because people are living longer, uh, there is a greater need for long-term care. As we age, we tend to need more care. So the expectation of how much money these guys are going to pay out on our behalf has increased substantially from when they underwrote the policy. Uh, Now, the the good news for folks is that insurance companies cannot increase your premiums for long-term care based on your personal situation. They have to increase everybody's uh, policy, uh, and it has to be approved by the insurance commission in order to do it. But they have to do it across the board uh, with the insurance commissioner's uh, permission. So not pleased with that either. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where we do want to make sure that the insurance companies stay in business and they're able to pay every penny that they promise to pay. Now, Getting back to to that, that comes into uh, just a fun thing I want to mention, and that is that we are living longer. You know, you can um, the back in 2013, I've I've told folks, and if you look at any life insurance or long term care insurance illustration, they'll illustrate it out to age 120. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? It does. Well, but the fact of the matter is, in May of 2013, National Geographic published a study that was actually completed at the end of 2012 that said babies born uh, in, you know, basically in 2013 uh, with good genes, in other words, their parents and grandparents lived a long life, 
were likely to live to be age 120. 120. All right. Now, then Time Magazine published a, a similar study that, and that was in uh, March of 2015, that said this baby could live to be 142 years old. Okay, that blows your mind even more. <laughs> well, I've I've been talking to a true aging expert uh, lately, uh, and he's been sharing a lot of information with me. And he's a client, and I love him to death. Uh, uh, but he's an example of his own work. Uh, he's a medical clinician, uh, 89 years old, l- looks to be in his late 60s, runs four miles a day, uh, is in perfect health, uh, and he's an advocate for a healthy lifestyle, okay, as you might imagine. Sure. Now, he also has a girlfriend of 30 years. And uh, she's a few years younger. She looks like she's in her 60s, too. And I said, well, you're robbing the cradle. And he said, oh, no, she's almost as old as I am, but she eats the food I eat and she drinks the water I drink. And, you know, here we are. (laughs) And uh, so, again, uh, two examples, uh, models of of good, healthy uh, living. Uh, Now, uh, some of the things which he said would would all the doctors would agree completely. The first one is don't smoke. <laughs> okay. Easy enough. Uh, 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 the uh, the other uh, is exercise moderately on a regular basis. You know everything what the doctors are are telling us. He also uh, uh, believes in a healthy diet, high in organic vegetables. Uh, you know, moderate consumption of fruits and uh, the reducing consumption of animal protein. In other words, don't eat red meat or less red meat, uh, <laughs> more vegetables, less meat. <laughs> Everything the doctor's been telling yeah, us. You it's know, hard, hard to, to be to be good people. Now, what's the most surprising thing he told me? And this this sort of blows my mind. He he shows me all these studies from reputable sources, and he tells me, Bill, you should be drinking distilled water. Distilled water, not spring water, not tap water, not well water, but distilled water. And I said, why? Because he says everything, even water out of the tap from the city, is polluted. It's bad for your body. It's, um, you know, it's got all these bad things in it that, that make you age, and, and so he's an anti-aging person. He's basically saying you drink pure water and it will help you keep your beauty much, much longer. And, uh, and of course, he's a pretty good example for that. But he says there's basically no acceptable level of anything in water other than uh, two molecules of hydrogen and one <laughs> molecule of oxygen, H2O. Anything else in there is bad for you. And um, and and so it's an interesting thing, but you can go online and buy a distiller. And he says you can't even buy it. I mean, there there is a really good uh, a, a company that sells distilled water. It's called Le Bleu, and that's a North Carolina company, by the way, Le Bleu. But they package their water in what? Plastic, which escheats bad stuff into the water. So he doesn't like that either. He says you have to have either a glass container or a stainless steel container to hold your water so that it stays pure. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. And then he also uh, says certain certain supplements are good for you too, but the, the big things were we just covered it. 
Very good. We got to take a quick break and we'll have some more information for you about the seminars. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. And uh, before we head out today, I want to remind you that uh, Bill's got free seminars this Wednesday, May 9th at uh, 10, 2, and 6.30. You can register online in advance for free at WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. We are out of time for today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us again next week for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.